Welcome into Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club, Episode 7. I'm your host, Tanner Sandell. Uh, podcast brought to you by Golf RX in Mountain Juliet, Tennessee. Seth Grissom, Ryan Smith can get you guys taken care of any lessons, club fittings, club repairs, grip needs that you may have. I even bought some new golf balls there this week. Go see Ryan and Seth at Golf RX in Mountain Juliet. Uh, a great show for you guys today. Connor's not going to be able to be with us, but... No stranger to the pod or the club, Mr. Austin Gervais is going to be joining me. We're talking about Strapped Episode 2 and our thoughts on that episode and that golf course. Then we move into a review of the Yellowhammer that happened in uh, Alabama. And then we get into what's coming next for the club, Park Mammoth, the Dust Up, some awesome events coming up in May. And then we get into the much-anticipated classic Part one's behind us. Part two's coming up with a lot of great matches on tab for you guys. A Q&A section, some life advice, and a word from our sponsors. We can't wait for you guys to listen to tonight's episode. But run that intro because it's time to get some sleep. Rich, some guys like it quiet. Some guys like it loud. This is... Yeah, the gator needs to look like he needs some exercise. I don't know. Now that he has to play the shot, test anyone. It's a great story. Welcome into Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club, episode seven. I'm your host, Tanner Sandell. Uh, my esteemed colleague, Connor Hendrickson, uh, is taking some much needed rest tonight, but uh, I've got my man, Austin Gervais, in the building tonight. Austin, how are you feeling about getting in tonight? Oh, super happy to be here. I got big shoes to fill. Connor's, Connor's resting his. And just stoked to get into some of these topics tonight. Yeah, man. Uh, so our weekly episode brought to you by Golf RX in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Seth Grissom, Ryan Smith, those guys keeping the entire club dialed so far. So shout out to those guys. Go check them out. I was just in the other day, actually, uh, to visit them. They got me... Uh, set up on I'm going through a ball change this year and so they got me taken care of playing a new golf ball so go where, check out the guys at Golf RX where are you moving from what ball to what ball uh, I'm going from a Titleist AVX to a TaylorMade TP5 I think that's a good call so I'm excited about it I just I was messing around with one of the TP5 picks um, after my my uh, loss to Mr. Jacob Beers and uh, me being the superstitious guy that I am, um, I, I, I played a couple of rounds with a, a TP5 picks and I really liked it. So I texted Seth actually and asked him if they carried any. 
Um, and so picked him up the other day, and uh, he's I'm ready to go. I'm excited. That's one ball I always get jealous of. They always have the coolest kind of like custom options. They're always coming out with some wacky cool ball for any reason, but. Yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's a good move. I've seen your swing speed. You might have been over compressing the AVX just a little. Well, I'm excited, but we'll see how it goes uh, Saturday. But uh, so at this point, Strapped episode two has come out. We talked about episode one last week on the show a little bit. Episode two came out. Did you watch both of them so far? I did. I have watched both of them. I thought episode two was by far more. It just got me that much more into it, especially with that money game. And I mean, we've actually got it thrown up on the TV in front of us here playing in the background. But it, I thought it was a great episode. You had a lot of arcs to the storyline, especially from just the lows that they were coming off of and the low of they thought they were just in for a walloping in that money game. And then the plot twist of their their housing for the night what do you think of that that was interesting oh, dude it was I, I, i'll be honest i don't i don't know if i i don't know if i would have slept that night i don't sleep the night before i play golf anyways uh that was pretty sketch i thought it was so funny that they were stacking one side like they were like okay strategically <laughs> yeah if someone comes in where is our best chances and like where's our most defensive positions? Yeah, I mean, these are still some some of the exchanges that you come to strapped for with the strap boys. Um, and again, we talked about it on the last show. We had some guys in Discord that um, that they weren't totally sure about strapped yet. And then we had some other guys that they named that as their favorite series so far with no laying up. So, First of all, where do you fall on that spectrum just in terms of the different series? But secondly, um, don't you feel like it's some of that banter and those bits that keeps you coming back to strap? Definitely. And I think that's kind of one of the, the harder parts for someone who hasn't maybe been into no laying up so much or just strapped in general. Kind of like the show The Office. The Office, I hated The Office season one. <laughs> I thought it was the stupidest show ever. And then once you become acquainted with these people and their banter and what, what they are, you're it's in. great. It's, you're you're in, in it. You're a part of the friend group. You're along for the ride. Yes. And I think it's great. And I, I like Strapped as a concept of, I think it's just creative. You've got X amount and you've, what, do you, what can you do with it? And I think it's pretty awesome. I think it definitely ranks in my top two. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know, one thing... It, we're not there yet in the episode as it's playing in the background, like you mentioned. But one thing that had me absolutely dying was uh, when it was when it was pouring down rain and they're taking cover in the trees, <laughs> and then Randy, the big guy, says uh, it's gonna rain until twelve thirty. Sick. <laughs> he says sick like he does at uh, the Scotland. Uh, and oh, just yeah, have yeah. me crack it up because somebody always shares that gif in the Discord too. So when he does when he does it on there, I just busted out laughing. Yeah, it's just the big man was down, and <laughs> he was just trying to put a smile on his face. And um, yeah, what I th- I can't you know it might be an unpopular opinion, but I think Film Room might be up there with another series for me. I just really enjoy the Film Room episodes, especially when, like you know, Neil's sitting there and they're analyzing his footage, and he yeah. goes like so. 
what the hell was that putt? He goes, yeah. that putt, we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, putt. so I, it's funny you say that because just being in the competitive mindset and thinking about the match coming up this week, in my leisure time, that's what I've been watching is like those film rooms where you've got uh, Solly at the Gasparilla, you've got Solly doing the U.S. Open area qualifier, um, and then their alt shot. You've got Justin Hubert on there a couple of times, which I really like. I, I think he's the dude. Oh, yeah. uh, I like him a lot. Um, but I, I've just been watching those like the last couple of days, actually. So it's funny you mention that because I think that's a sleeper choice. I traditionally lean towards tourist sauce. Um, I, I like those a ton. Um, that's kind of like my golfer's dream world or whatever, right? I mean, you yeah, know I mean? it's just it's totally different vibes tour sauce you've got the cinematics the crazy courses i mean don't get me wrong like who doesn't love that and who doesn't want to go play those courses yeah. and like be in their shoes for that day but i'm gonna stand by my sleeper pick yeah i mean that's i think it's a great choice again with a lot of the film rooms that are there um i like it but talking about uh episode two they're at the muni in charleston um i mentioned this also on the last show my wife and i love that low low country life like we always talk about we're not we're not leaving tennessee by any means um but we've mentioned if we could go anywhere we would go to that part of south carolina um and so we actually vacationed to that area and i was actually in charleston um last month in march and they were the muni was so busy i that just like the time frame that i had and the days that i had i couldn't even get on and like so we're sitting here looking at we're looking at the green complexes um we talked about sweeten's greens before then connor threw this out talking to us he went to mammoth today um was it today yeah it was it was today he played this morning and he has an opinion. I don't want to steal his thunder because we'll let him talk about it on the next show. But he has an opinion about Mammoth. But I'm also thinking about, like, from what I could see, those greens in Sweden. So, but what you're looking at this, what do you think about these greens here? I mean, Union Charleston. I think, I think it's a bold choice by just the architecture in general. But I think it, it's an amazing choice because. There's a thousand just municipal golf courses and there's only really one or maybe less than a handful of ones with greens like that. And I think it just brings that extra level of just difficulty, but also fun. And yeah, you're going to get the people there that hate it and they don't ever want to come back to it. Why do I need to put on greens like this? Nobody puts on greens like these, but I think that's the wrong mindset. I think if you just go into it with creativity and a little bit of just expecting some crazy putts, then it's just, it elevates it clearly. I mean, you couldn't even get on it and it's a municipal course. Yeah. So let me ask you this. When you think of a Muni, you probably think of your everyday, just, you're, you're just your everyday guy, right? Like your everyday golfer. Um, then you have, the Muni like this and some of the golf courses that we've played that we've gotten to play, even in the events that we've done and just the different ones around here. And you think about like, we're, we're kind of a different breed, but that, that everyday guy that would traditionally want to play a municipal golf course 
probably isn't in it for all of this, but for guys like us, um, if you throw a, a municipal course like this in our area, that place will blow up. Oh, I mean, I mean, you've just got general municipal courses. It's already sometimes hard to get a tee time. And yeah. they're, they're not even anything special. Right. So that added extra echelon really attracts people. And like they say in the video, like we've got people that play this course every day. And then we've got people coming in from out of town just like you tried to and playing it. So yeah. it's – I think it was a bold decision and I think it worked out for them just – from a course design perspective, and it's an old, old course. Yeah, it's. I think it's a hundred. What? What do you say? Nineteen twenty-nine. So almost a hundred years old. Which pretty sick logo too. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of logos, we're seeing what the what the boys are wearing today. That's actually a vest that I have. It's sick. Yeah, that's a that's. A, I'm a sucker for a nice vest. Those are some sweet little. They're they're. It's like a wind vest. It's not yeah, really it like really a is. It's like a not winter a, vest. It's not a warmth. No. Thing. Um, sweet vest though definitely yeah and it's it's funny because i mean a little premature but our recapping of the yellow hammer was all i mean that course was a meeting course and i don't want to jump into it a little too early but that was one of the cooler municipal courses i think i've i've played in a while and I, th I think it, it'll come down the pipeline where we'll get more guys from Tennessee to go down there next time. But it, it was definitely a blast. And, I mean, it was only 5,500 5, yards. Super short, but tons of quirks, tons of elevation changes. And I thought it was, I thought it was top-tier event so far. So kind of making you think about your shot a little bit. Oh, definitely. And how you're going to use... I mean, really how you're going to use the earth, how you're going to use, you know, what's around you. There's a sense of golf being in its like purest form that way. Yeah. Like it's easy to get caught up and going in and out, playing for a number every single day, you know, and like, but then you miss opportunities to hit other clubs in your bag and have different shots and making yourself execute a particular shot and really i think like rounding yourself out as a as a player um and we sacrifice that for pounding driver throwing a wedge close if we can like chasing those numbers you know what i mean like i mean definitely because there's something to be said about like going out and being concerned about score and like strokes gained and the closer you get to the hole the better off you are things like that and just hit it as far as you can but I've found, especially with some of these events and stuff like that, once, because lots of times we, we go out with the hopes of posting our PR. We hope, go out with the hopes of posting our best number. But I found that a lot of times when, when I know my best number's out the window, I've had, I've had a bad front nine and I know that's kind of all she wrote, whether it's winning the, the match or what, whatever types of games going on that day. I find myself enjoying more of creative golf shots so like when you hit it in the left trees well let's see if i can hit a 50 yard boomerang around right or when i'm when i'm got to keep it low and use the earth to like do some 90 yard bump and run onto a right. green yeah. like that's when okay like i'm not so concerned about my game i'm gonna try these different things and then 
sometimes they work out. Sometimes you just and then hit. you just add it to the arsenal. Yeah, and and you just like, oh, I didn't know I could hit a chippy bump and run hundred yard seven iron, but I guess I can. Right. Like, so I think I think once that creativity opens up, and sometimes certain courses bring it out of you, it it just opens a whole new avenue of just having a blast on the golf course. That's awesome, and I'm glad you guys had a good time there in Alabama. But since you mentioned it, why don't we go ahead and get into the re- into the Yellowhammer review? Um, yeah. Did you have anything left on strapped that you wanted to talk about? No, I mean I. I think that was pretty much it for me on Strapped. I, I really enjoyed the second one, and the the first one was a little bit more of a slow burn, but I'm really stoked for the third to see where they go. Yeah, Neil turned it around on the back. Oh, my God. Saved it yeah. for the boys. I think Randy shot in the 90s, but Neil yeah. shot 76. Yeah. Um, that, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, considering everybody else, like the whole time he was teeing, up, teeing it up, no, everyone was saying you're not going to break 80. I know, and well, and then think about the conditions as well. I, I can't get over the hair. Uh, no, boy, your boy up, needs but, a haircut. I yeah, do too, but yeah, definitely. But um, dipping back into the Yellowhammer, it was it was honestly a blast, and there was there's great people down there in Alabama that are part of um, the High Cotton Club and looking to get them more part of the classic. And it was, I thought the Alt Shot Derby was probably my favorite part of the day. Because, I mean, I got out on the second hole of it. And I, I literally couldn't be mad because it's the sun setting. There's It's 80 degrees. There's just a slight breeze. And we're all just sitting there on the back of the green on this next hole as a part three. Just everyone watching these golf shots. And we had the course to ourselves at this point. And... It was like our own little private match. We're all just sitting there. Nobody's bothering us. We're not bothering anybody. And we're just getting to enjoy some of the other guys try their damnedest to to win. And it was great. That's awesome, man. And we had some familiar faces back uh, that have been to some of the events already that came to your guys' event. Uh, and then some new faces, right? So D-Ball was back. Yeah, D-Ball was back. He was down there. And then um, who else? Matt Britton, Britton was there. Yeah, he's been – I mean, he's been – Chan? Chan was there. Yeah. Okay. He was actually my partner for the all shot. Man, oh, I, screw, nice. I screwed Chandler. I'm so sorry. I screwed him over, man. I was like, you know what? You take the short par four teeing off. I'll tee off on the par five. I'll poke us out there. At this point in the day, I was tired. I was, I was just, I was just there for the vibes. At that point, I stone cold top my driver, and like, I think I hit it thirty yards off the tee box. But so, Chan, if you're listening, I'm sorry. But what's the deal with us being on the same podcast and somebody confessing a top to drive? <laughs> Last time you were on it, I uh, had mine. That's that's pretty funny. So. Uh, you know, every everyone's got them, and they're going to jump out and bite you every now and then. You're not going to have any idea of what went wrong in your swing, but something went wrong in it. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. But, yeah, some familiar faces and then tons of new faces. Um, and another winner of the alt shot, Justin, I met him that day. Super, super awesome guy. Um, was actually my riding partner, so him and I – and enjoyed the course pretty much all day and i mean there's just a ton of others i and the two guys that ended up going the lowest in the net stroke play both new faces to me i'm not sure if anyone else has met them i think it was mace i'm sorry with the names mace and um 
the other gentleman I forgot he, he who's like a he was like a 14 handicap and ended up shooting like 82 that day so posted a net 69 or something and I was like okay well that wasn't out there for me but yeah super wow. super awesome group of guys that's awesome I hate I had to miss that but um you guys had such a good time you couldn't wait so you recorded a pod on the way home how was that was that pretty fun Oh, you know what? It made the drive fly by. Yeah. I mean, we had a three hour something drive home and we were back in Tennessee, I think, while we were still recording the podcast. It was absolutely awesome. Connor was just driving. He's like, why don't why don't we just do a pod right now? I was like, OK, so I'm ass over heels in the backseat rummaging through backpacks and everything to find microphones and laptops and everything. But the things we do for content for you guys. <laughs> um, but before we move on and kind of talk about the events coming up with the High Cotton Club and the Classic, um, we want to we mention our, our partners and the hosts of this podcast, Golf RX in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, uh, over at 11972 Lebanon Road, Mount Juliet, Tennessee, 37122. You can contact them at 615 288 Four five three nine. They're open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Make sure you stop in and see uh, Ryan and Seth for any of your lessons, custom club fitting needs, or club repairs, grips, any of that stuff. Um, we've got so many guys in the club that that have already used them. I mentioned stopping in uh, already this week and using those guys, and so uh, they can literally get you dialed in for any of your in-season needs. Again, lessons club fittings, repairs, any of those things, stop in and see Ryan and Seth at Golf RX uh, whenever you can. Make an appointment with them and get out there. But Austin, moving on, uh, what's next? We've got Park Mammoth on May 22nd, and then we've got the dust-up on May 28th. So are you going on the Park Mammoth trip? I am going on the Park Mammoth trip, and I don't, I don't know if there's like a format or anything set for it quite yet. Cause I mean, to be honest, I think it originally just started out as like a jackpot, like four, maybe eight guys going, but it just caught a little bit of wind and like everyone started signing up. So, but it, it looks awesome, especially with Connor and um, Colin heading out there today and playing it this morning and seeing some of the footage. It looks sweet. I mean, the green complexes look awesome. It looks wide open and friendly to people who like to hit it far and maybe not always the straightest. So I'm, I'm excited to get out there. What number do you think is an ideal number to go on that particular trip? What kind of games do you want to play? Oh, man. Uh, I, th- I'm, I haven't played it a lot, but I like Vegas. Vegas is fun. Wolf is kind of always a go-to, but I like to mix it up, something different than Wolf. Um, but to be honest, I'm not the biggest gamer. Like I, I haven't played the most golf games. Like I, give me some examples. Like what do you, what do you like to play? I mean, uh, another one is, I mean, you have like your two, four, which is just, those are, those are just like individual bets. If I beat you with par, I win two. If I beat you with birdie or better, I win four and so on and so forth. But um, I mean, one I really like is uh, sixes or six six six. Did you do that with us um, at Hermitage? We went with Gooch and his buddy. 
It, was that you that went yeah, with us? Yeah, I did go. We played we played generals. Yeah, yeah, we played generals. So that's that's what that game is. So you basically you've got four guys at the end of the eighteen holes. You have the three different sixes, and you would have been a partner with everyone one time. So oh then you yes, just get dots. Yes, and at the end of the day, you can't count your dots. I do remember that. It's all coming back to me now. I just remember giving people money that day. I didn't play too well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what actually gave me the confidence going into uh, my match with beers at Generals, and we see how that turned out. So. Um, Anyway, so Park Mammoth, that's going to be a blast for you guys. Uh, I can't wait to see the content that comes from that. And if I can't make that one, seeing more about it and, and hopefully having another opportunity later on. What's the drive again? It, I think it it's like, like it was like an hour from, and 10 minutes. Yeah, from Nashville proper, it's like an hour and 25 or something like that. So I mean, not too there's bad. There's no difference in taking a quick trip to Sweden. So no. it's good to know that we've that we're going to have that type of golf within striking distance of where we are right now, too. Definitely. And I mean, I'm, I'm just hyped for the, the season and just golf, golf is here. Today is the first day in probably two weeks that I didn't swing a golf club. Nice. Yeah, this is, uh, I was thinking about that the other day. I'm ramping it up a ton right now too and, and, and doing something pretty much daily. Um, it's crazy to think that it's still just a hobby. Like everybody wants to coin Kiz's phrase, but this is still just a hobby, but it's it's one that I think that makes not only the our club unique, but the whole roost system uh, stimulating from the refuge and NLU and what they're doing. So, um, really excited to hear what's going on with Park Mammoth, and uh, if guys are still looking to sign up, I believe that you still can. But check out uh, that thread in Discord uh, and and get with Lefty Sauce Connor. Um, if you need any additional details. But moving on, the next event is the Dust Up, um, just six days later, so May 28th. A, a cool opportunity, too, having two really close events uh, to kind of strike while the iron's hot for a lot of these guys that are going to be playing in both events uh, or both of those dates and just you know staying excited about the club and, and what's going on. But um, Greystone, talk to me about Greystone. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I like Greystone. I like it a lot. It kind of suits me. Um, one of my favorite holes around Middle Tennessee is definitely. So it's not the starting hole. It's ten, but they. I, I swear, every time you go there, they start you on ten. But that par four downhill, and if you yeah. just get aggressive and cut that left corner, you can. I mean, have just the easiest little flip wedge onto that green, and. Yeah, I really like Greystone. Their greens always seem to be like you know what you're going to get. Their greens are always pretty darn decent. And, um, yeah, I've had some crazy stuff happen. I think I've had a couple hole-outs and been in groups where guys have made hole-in-ones at Greystone. So Greystone is a good mental place for me. I always seem to enjoy myself out there. Yeah, I think last time I was there, I was actually with Connor. We were playing in a tournament, and uh, it was a scorecard playoff for the last team to move on. And if we moved on, we would have been going to uh, play Kiowa. And so, pretty cool. End of the day, we're in a scorecard playoff, so we go into a playoff. Um, and so, we I think we ended up playing four playoff holes, and we ended on, we actually lost on number 11. It was literally dark outside. Um, I'm talking about hitting shots when we really don't know where they are. Connor and I hit the green, I think, but um, actually, 
the other guy was an older gentleman and hit it just really tight, really tight. And it was like one of those where we knew it was done. But still, cool experience there playing in, a, in that tournament there and um, uh, really cool golf course. So that's a – I think it's just a net stroke. Yeah, I think, I think so too. So, I don't think there's anything – after that, I know Connor's email or something said nine holes at Montgomery Bell is possible afterwards or something like that. If yeah, so it's not far. Have you been to to Montgomery Bell? I have. I've played there once. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, it's just a I like a lot of the far. state park golf courses though. Yeah, I mean for you, it's definitely a poke out there. It's probably like two hours from you. No, uh, it, uh probably somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, so you've got state park there. You've got. Fall Creek Falls is another one that I've frequented uh, a couple of times. We take some camping trips out there, and so uh, cool golf course. But Greystone, what, what are you expecting to see out there? I'm sure there's going to be a good field. Are you I, expecting to see some guys come out and have a day? What, what do you think? I, I think so. I think Greystone sets up for low numbers. I, I don't think the course is all that – I don't think it has that big of teeth compared to some of the other courses. But with that being said, obviously missing in the right spots and knowing your way around the course. But I think, especially with the weather that we're getting into now, nice warm golf weather, you're going to see guys starting to get more into form. Start There's going to, be, there's going to start being some of those low numbers out there. They're going to be like, okay, they had a day. Let me ask you this because you just brought up the, the – temps and the condities you know Mm -hmm. we talk about uh improving like this time of year any golf courses that we've played in recent events that you you can't wait to come back to or thought man in peak season when this is when it's nice out i really want to play i really want to come back and play this golf course can you think of any of those that we've played so far well the first one on the top of my head is tohi for the for 100%. the hundred percent for the hunt when we did play it it was windy it was cold it was a rough day but I actually just played it recently for my first round of the high cotton classic match already starting to green up firming out and I thought I mean obviously I enjoyed the day much more but that was definitely one at the top of the list another one for me is honestly the legacy the legacy the kind of the last taste in my mouth for the legacy is I guess it would be the the handshake. The handshake I think was one of the last times I played the the legacy, which was honestly I think that's back in January, and that was a cold day. And somehow like that was the day Connor posted his his PR. So I don't know how he did that, but it was a cold day. But I'm looking back forward to getting back to the legacy with the sun shining and birds chirping. Yeah, I I think I'll definitely have to agree with you on uh, Tohi for sure. Um, Legacy I've played uh, many times just being from around here, so uh, I'm I'm not going to put that one on my list. Sorry to all my Legacy guys (laughs) that are in the club, but another one I can't help but to think, Old Fort. I really liked Old Fort. Um, Can't wait to see that. It was – I don't – to be honest, I don't even remember a lot of the golf course because Appleton had one of those – full covers for the cart and and that thing and the heater in there because it was so cold but that thing was so hard to see out of like I couldn't even see anything until we got to our golf ball 
Like it, that's <laughs> so I don't know, it was remember worth the course it as much. It was but it worth was, it though. Yeah, I mean, we walked away with the yeah. the qualifier. So, um, but uh, I I would really enjoy going back and playing there as well. Definitely, I've only played that course once, and I I do think it has good bones. I think it's got some some interesting holes on it, and yeah, I think I always kind of forget about like the Murfreesboro area that that's there's options out there and I always just kind of forget that I can drive out that way but yeah that's awesome man um you know since you mentioned it let's go ahead and start talking about the classic a little bit talk to me about round ones coming to an end um there's there's just a couple of matches that weren't played so they were given extensions um but those will be finished up by tomorrow and then we're on to round 2 so let's let's talk about a couple of matches that have already happened. Let's talk about some matches that are coming up in round two. Um, but before we get into that, you're coming off of a, of a dub. Um, tell me about that a little bit. You're playing with your partner from the barn burner. <laughs> you're playing yeah. against him now. So two, two quick rounds together. Obviously, you feel pretty good to get the W. Talk to me about Dylan and, and, the, and the round. Yeah, I mean... It was a it was a nice day. It was pretty awesome to have two classic matches in the same tea time. So four four of us and two matches going on. Um, Dylan, awesome guy, class act. He just I know he would tell you himself he didn't have his best golf that day, and I just I kept the ball in front of me, and that was really all I needed to do that day. But you know I was chirping. I was chirping Byron Barnett, who was playing against uh, John Stewart, but I was Byron's riding partner that day, and I was chirping Byron. I was like, "Man, I've been playing with the same ball all day, okay?" And he was like, "The same ball?" I was like, the "Same ball." I was like, "You see the scuff mark?" I was like, "This some bitch has hit three trees, and I still have it." But That's funny. No, yeah, I managed to keep the keep the ball in front of me, and it was it was a good match. I mean, I I kind of got off to. A, heart, a hot start. I was expecting him to go one up after one with him stroking on the first hole and it didn't iron out that way. I ended up going one up after one and then getting it up to five up after eight and he chipped one away on nine and then we got to the back nine and he chipped a few away and we played pillow fought with each other a little bit. But I was down to two up with three to play and fan my tee shot out right which immediately blood in the water and I think Dylan would tell you himself that he was smelling blood in the water and on Tohi this is the back-to-back par five so I was on the par five going up the hill okay and so you got trees kind of in the right yeah trees that whole over row the water, of trees on the right drive the ball over the water yeah I hit that ball and I begged it to get over that water I <laughs> screamed at it but Cover. yes exactly but um so way out of position on the next par fives fairway and had no option. I couldn't go over the trees. There was no way around the trees. I kind of just, it, it was, it was a hit and hope moment, but I did it with kind of some blind confidence, but just two iron stinger right through the trees. And I was like, there's a couple of gaps. I'm not even aiming for one in specific, but this ball is going to get, gonna get up by the green and luckily it was pretty close to just green side 
And I think that shot and my next shot was probably the best of the day. Just a little bump and run pitching wedge over the lip of the green that just put me to like three feet and was able to seal it with the birdie. So five up through eight. Five up through eight. And how, how are you feeling about five up through eight? So you go four up and then you go to the back, four up, three up, four up, four up, three up, two up, three up. It's when you close them out. How are you feeling at five up through eight and thinking about the back nine looming? You're starting with that par three there on the back. Um, I like the back nine, but just like what's going through your head? I wanted – Are you thinking coast or, or kill? No, I, I wanted to go for a kill. Yeah. I wanted to get it done as quickly as possible. Obviously, who yeah, doesn't? I think anybody but, does. Yeah, who doesn't? But – Especially in this point format, you don't know what's going to happen in these next matches. Yeah, and I personally don't like 11, 12, 13 at Toei. All right, so 11 is the uh, kind of dogleg right par 4. 12 is the one we talked about on our um, The Hunt recap, where there's a lot of wind. You got to cross the water in the creek um, to an elevated green. Kind of a dog leg there as well, so you're hitting less than off the tee. And then what, the longer par three going back over the creek again? Yeah. Okay. So there's there's two of those three holes bring the creek into play massively. Same creek. Yeah, same creek. And I'm just not the biggest fan of them. Even though I hit a cut, They just I, I just don't like them that much. But um, so, yeah, I'm sitting there thinking I want to get it, get it kind of cinched over as quickly as possible. But... Dylan, yeah, you Dylan's, held your own through there. No, I mean, you he, lost one on 11, but you got it back on 12, and then you'll have 13. That's about as good as you can go in that stretch. Yeah, and it it turned into, um, you know, I started, I think I got on to a little bit of a bogey train, and, like, I, I, I knew I wasn't complacent, but, I mean, you've been on a bogey train the same as anyone else. Sometimes when you're on him, it's just like, okay, like, how do I get up? Let me make a par. To save my life, Jesus. But, um, but yeah, I started making some bogeys, and he started making some some really good putts. And it really just kind of came down to, you know, who was going to keep it in front of him the most. That's awesome. Thanks for kind of taking me through that match. I know, it again, feels good to get a W under there. Uh, starting year two off better than year one, right? Yeah. Uh, for the for the opening match, you and you've also probably the only person in the field that's played both Doris brothers in the two. Yeah, I think well. I think I am, and I mean, last edition, Logan and I had a great match out at Bluegrass, which was a mistake in retrospect. I should have never gone to Bluegrass, <laughs> but um, no, we had a great match. And what do you think about Bluegrass? I liked it. That was the first time there? Yeah, my first time there, my only time there. I liked it. I don't really have the ur- like urge to go back to it necessarily, but like I thought it was a nice golf course. It's tight. Yeah. And see, the, I don't love that. <laughs> yeah. Tight. I, yeah. I actually I, I like bluegrass a lot. Um, I would love to take a match out there. I think I was actually kind of chatting up both of the Dorses, trying to see if I could work that out, but it didn't work out that way, but... Anyways, we're going into round two, or stage two of group play. Mm-hmm. Who do you have coming up? 
Uh, I've got Will Borthick coming. Oh up. yeah, yeah. We know we had to get into this segment of the show. I haven't, I haven't met him yet. He seems, he seems like a nice guy. Watch, watch some coverage of him playing, and he's, he's not a slouch. He's got what it takes to finish out a match. His, him, his first round, I think, went into a playoff hole, and um, had to close it out. So he's got talking about using the earth. Yeah, he's, he's got what it takes to close it out. So, so being on video for that, and I understand he's a legacy boy, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody's seeing that now. There's nobody's gonna take him at legacy, right? No, dude. All you guys that are legacy boys, no one's taking you at legacy. And I get why they took it at legacy for their first match because they're both legacy boys, so it makes sense. But I mean, I think I think it was John, Mister Sixty Four, that said it to me the other day. He's like. All this damn marketing, I can't get anyone within 10 miles of the legacy. And it's like, no, you're not going to. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, Stu and I were also talking about legacy the other day, and he was talking about that maybe I should take this match there right now. Um, And I told him that I felt like legacy was a kryptonite for me, and he he said it's my home course, and it gets me every day too. So just talk about the legacy, but – yeah, no, I don't think I would. I don't think I'd take him there. But where? So you guys were playing at Generals? No, we're playing oh, at President's Presiden- Reserve. President's Reserve. What tees are you playing? We haven't discussed that yet. We haven't picked a picked a set of them um, quite yet. But depending on the weather, what ends up happening? Because it's supposed to drizzle the morning of. I don't know. We probably won't tip it out. I don't know what he wants to do. But that course, I mean, that course is a beast. It's it's. Pretty far out there, like yeah. I think seven thousand yards. It's a it's a, it's a good sized course. Yeah, definitely. So, I think it's going to be a really good match between us, and I think it's going to come down to one of the far later holes to really decide it. Um, but yeah, I noticed we jumped right into stage two and didn't want to talk about any of your experience in stage one. Well. We covered that on the last show. Okay. Okay. Sorry. So I'm I'm good. It's it's gone. It's <laughs> by. I've ha- I've had a a really good past uh, couple of weeks. I feel good. Um, Have you been working on anything in specific, or is it just stringing all the game together to get the putting, the ball striking, the driver going? Or yeah, I mean, I I obviously I talked about. I felt like I was missing some putting stuff. Um, but then coming coming back in my first points game out of the club, and I shoot a two under thirty four with ten putts on the front nine. Yeah. I felt pretty good about that. Um, I didn't play that well, obviously on the back um, final of seventy one, but uh, that was what I needed. So uh, story time. We talked about this earlier today. This oh is yes. Now is as good a time as any because it talks about kind of my approach going into um, my next match just in when I've been getting to practice and the different things I've been working on and practicing. But um, I was sweeping some dew this morning, early, early uh, before work, decided to walk nine holes um, at my home golf course and moving right along. And I get out to, to seven – I hit my approach on seven to par five. You've been out there with me. I don't know if you remember every hole, but and then I see uh, the ladies' match play that plays. That's like a long season running out there. They t- they tee off on Thursdays at eight thirty, 
And so I'm like coming down seven and I'm seeing them shotguns start. So I'm like, man, like I'm, I'm on good pace, but it's cool. Like I'm, I'm fine. They're all super cool. So, um, you know, like I talk, I talk to them often, whatever. So I get up on HT, I'm waiting and they wave me on. So there's actually two groups on nine. So it's pretty backed up as it is. They wave me on, so I'm like, I was thinking about getting in the process for a minute, too, and then they end up waving me on, so I was like, all right, I'll go ahead and hit. So I think I hit a nine iron. We had I had some wind in my face, which elevated on that par three, uh, and I, I hit it up there somewhere like 12 to 15 feet, something like that. Like, it's a gettable hole, but it's also a tough shot out there, so I get up there, and they're clapping. So there's six ladies in this group. And then there's six waiting on the tee box, which is right beside the green. So I've got 12 ladies up there. <laughs> and they're all like, everyone was like, you know, great shot. And one of the ladies hits me with this one-liner and says, uh, you know, yeah, we normally do that too, but today we're just messing around. You know, like just little <laughs> cheeky stuff like that had me cracking up. So I'm walking up there. I'm looking for my, my divot. And one of the ladies is like, can I get the pin for you? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, I really appreciate that. So she takes it out. I look at the putt for a minute, and then just I hit it and immediately know it's in. And just I, I, I just start walking it in half, like halfway. Oh, I followed it, and they they thought it was the funniest thing. They all just all started busting out laughing. They were super excited. They were like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was like, "Y'all made my day today." I was like, "Y'all made my day." Here <laughs> it is. It's not even eight. It's it's like eight. I don't know, thirty five yeah. or something like that. Um, I just made birdie. So then the the group on the tee box, it's clear they're about to go, and they're like, "You go ahead." Yeah, they want to like, watch. We want to watch. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I guess I'm just like feeling myself, like getting ready for this match play and having people there and like feeling a little pressure. Step up and just hit this big old banana peeler, just <laughs> way out there, right in the middle. Hit a nice little wedge, make another birdie putt to end the day, and they're just like. They're, just They're like, living. They think for it's it. the coolest yeah. thing in the world. I still shot thirty eight. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, just a, it was a cool way to start the day. But anyways, I, I say that to say I just thought about it because it was really funny um, that that happened to me today. But you got your own little say, fan club. You know, that's you know I I really appreciate that. One of them was Miss Margaret. She used to let me use her golf cart when I first joined out there. Yeah, and she's great. So. Uh, anyways, I say all that to say I've been working on my game a little bit, specifically uh, putting and just a little more of the mental aspect or, or part of things. But um, I, I feel really good where I am at the moment. I'm going to be – I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. I'm, I'm totally focused on what I'm doing and not necessarily what he's doing. Um, I plan on applying a lot of pressure in this match and not really – laying back I think that playing at Pine Creek suits that for me and so I'm excited to kind of get out and and attack it all day but that's all I'm really going to say about it because it's so close um yeah I I don't want to I don't want to have a you know a recap like the last one (laughs) coming back in hat in hand so uh, I want to see if if it ends up if I want to see if it ends up you know backing up the work that I've put in so um, I'm looking forward to it I'm excited Definitely. And I mean, I'm on the same page too. I just grinding with the flat stick. I mean, that's where the money's made. That's what's, especially in match play. If you can apply pressure with the putter, that's, I think one of the biggest things. 
But um, I mean, I've got the stage one recap sitting in front of me. And I mean, let's go through the list of some of the people leading their groups. I mean, out of Casey's hitters, we've got Alex Munoz sitting at leading the group with three and a half points. Solid, especially in that group. I mean, he's got Byron Barnett, who Byron Barnett is a problem. That man is a problem at his handicap. That's what Stu said to me. Stu fought. I played him last year. Stu fought for his life that day. He really did. He He gets up and down. He hangs around. He never really goes away. No, he does not go away. He is a problem. And so leading that group to start with Stu, uh, Byron, and then maybe Joshua Tyler comes into form. Who knows? But it's nice to have that little bit of cushion. And then um, in Tron's hitters groups, we've got Jacob Beers and Ben Sissier. Sercio. Sercio. I got it right, Ben. Relax. Yeah. Um, three and a half points That's right. each. And, um, you know, again, that group's a gauntlet. I mean, Tanner, Tanner's going to do his damnedest to shake it up. So we're going to see what happens. Um, I got a big one point. My want, want, want. Want, want, want. It's better than zero. Yeah. We're trying to make it, uh, we're trying to make sure that this one, that both of our next matches after this one matter. Well, see, um, you're, you're not out of it. Right. And, it's because anyone in that group can beat the other person. Yeah. And so if you've got someone that's dominant in a group and they've won their first match and they're probably going to win their second and third. Right. That's kind of all she wrote. But, like, you you guys are far and away from being done. Listen, I would love nothing more. I don't, I don't know. Like I said before, I don't know anything about Vassal's game. I've heard a couple guys, you know, that have just kind of been around and seen him. I know he's going to be a good player. Um but you know, I'm I'm really right now. I'm focused on getting through that and then making the match with Sercio count, like beef or something. In my mind, there's there's nothing better than it shaking out to where we have a two or three way tie at the top, and I get a chance to to get one back on beers. Have we talked about what's going to happen if there's ties and there, so we have a playoff date. Oh, okay. We do have a playoff date. We talked about on the opening to the classic pod yeah. that it's that it's highly unlikely that there could be ties. But we get into this thing, and you look at it, and you're like, mm, it's possible. It's you possible. Could, you could see a couple. So um, two is going to be underway soon. We've got a couple of matches scheduled. Uh, I think, like you mentioned, I'm I think I'm actually the first one Saturday um, at twelve. Uh, 50 yeah and i'll be playing matt vassal out there um we can talk more about that i just realized we didn't finish going over the yeah so i mean you, some you of the rest Tron, of the then groups you got Solly's. so Solly's seth grissom 3.5 points leading that group logan doris three points um not far behind you know seth's another big test for seth coming up he's i think he's got to overcome 14 strokes Devro. playing yeah devro this next one um nothing that he hasn't done before i mean he showed us in the first round he's not afraid of strokes he'll just go out and play his game but yeah so as long as he can keep his game focused i'm sure he's he's a dangerous man he bounces back wins the match and then two days or three days later he plays in a charity golf tournament and has an albatross oh yeah i did see that yeah i I saw that on his instagram yeah he's and he's like yeah living up to this you know He's like, yeah, I'm living up to it, all right. <laughs> um, in Cody's hitters, Dan Puzo, 3.5 points. Connor Hendrickson, a half point behind. 
I was there for Connor's match. I know he really wanted that half point. He didn't quite get it. I think his his stage two match is against Dan. So they're they're both the top. There's already a chance to get that kind of yeah. out of the way right now. So and really, depending on who wins and loses that and how far it goes, the loser it really honestly probably isn't out of it either. Because if somebody gets you know the one and a half and the three, then it's six and four and a half, right? Or six and a half and four and a half. Yeah, that's a lot closer to being in it going into the third match. So. Um, I'm glad they kind of get to settle that one in, in Cody's hitters kind of right away. I'm interested in seeing where that match uh, takes place. Uh, I think Connor actually, no, he has Silvestri next. Oh, I misspoke. You're right. Yeah. You're right. He does have Silvestri But that's going to be another good match, man. I played with Silvestri the other day. Um, I played with him a couple of times. He's been getting it dialed. Uh, that's going to be a really great match. It's going to be one that I hope that we can follow along with. We know that Connor is a dog. We know that he's an ultimate competitor. He wants to have a strong showing in his own event, um, and he's ready to flat get after it. But I, I've 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 had the privilege to play with Ricky a lot lately too, and he is another guy that's not going away. You think? I know. I've, I mean, I've played with him, so I I I've. I think I think it's going to be a really great match to watch. I'm not going to try to. I'm not going to predict a winner. No, yeah. Um, I just like I'm I'm interested in seeing what's going to happen. I see it being a really great match. Yeah, definitely, and especially with only one stroke being given up in that match, so it's pretty close to square, but not quite. Um, Ben's hitters. So we've got Sam Roten three and a half points, and Patrick Patton three and a half points tied. Um, they don't play each other this stage. They play each other in the last stage. So I think that's going to be some fireworks being saved for the end there in that group. I think Sam ended Patrick, Patrick Patton's uh, classic last round. Oh, okay. Yeah. So some possible revenge, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. There's a stroke given this uh, this time. I don't think there was a stroke last time, but Sam would be given Patton um, two. 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 Yeah, a three and a one. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, Neil's hitters we already touched on. I'm leading the group at three and a half points. I mean, obviously you want that that dub. You want those as many points as you can get. But now you're being at the top of the group. You're the guy to beat. You've got the target on your back. And I mean, not necessarily a situation I'm used to being in. But I mean, got to buckle down and get the work done. I'm comfy in this underdog life. <laughs> Under, underdog life. Um, DJ Pie hitters. Jay Roten, three and a half points. And um, that's kind of it. He's he's sitting at the top for right now. We'll see what shakes out tomorrow with one of the postponed matches. Uh, the same goes for Big Randy's hitters. Vince Gallagher sitting at the top with three and a half points. Again, we'll see what happens with the next match tomorrow. But, um, yeah, I think, I think there's – there's going to be some movement after stage two. There is a lot of golf left to be played in the High Cotton Classic. Oh, tons. A lot of golf. We're talking about there's a lot of golf left to be played. In the group stage, in let group alone stage, before the bracket. Before it even starts getting real. And listen, I'm going to go ahead and issue this challenge to the club, uh, classic competitors, anybody else that's listening that likes golf and wants to see some competitive golf. When we get out of group stage and we start getting into some of these other stages, 
I, I encourage guys to, to try to make it out to some of these matches and sh show some support. I we, think there's going to be some really good golf played and golf that you don't want to miss. And I, it's, it's golf that if I'm not playing, which I hope I am, but it's golf that if I'm not playing, I'd be interested in watching. Definitely. And, I mean, I got a little taste of that when I got to watch John and Byron's match. I mean, five playoff holes in. <laughs> um, but, no, it's a blast to sit there and watch. And, like, sometimes you just have no idea who you're even rooting for. You're just you're just watching the golf unfold. And I definitely do want to make it out to more matches. I know, like, I wanted to make it out to some of the stage ones. But there was just so much going on with different club events or whatever. And I think my girlfriend would have hung me by my neck if I was going out just to watch golf and not even play golf, let alone and play it on the weekends. But, yeah, super excited to see what Stage 2 brings. If you could pick one match in Stage 2 that you'd want to see or, or be intrigued by out of all the matches, which one are you pointing at? Let me see. I've got the list in front of me and I'm looking. I think, man, I think, I think beers and Ben Sercio is going to be, that's going to, that's going to be a shakedown. They're going to get after each other. And then, yeah, I don't know. I think that's my pick for one of the, the hot takes of the matches. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know with some of the matches that are com coming up. I feel the same way about Sercio and Beers because, again, in our field, we're the lowest net handicap field as a whole. So you have the winner of that being undefeated and undeniably having the most points. Then you have the loser of that who's now 1-1 one one going into a match against somebody else that has nothing to lose that's the same handicap as them that could on any given day theoretically beat them like it's there's i feel like there's a lot on the line there like going into that because like okay so you're undefeated or you're you're scratching to try to make some noise and hoping the other guy does his part and take down whoever the undefeated guy is right so that there's something happening at the top um so I, I don't know. I think it's a I think that's gonna be a I think it's gonna be a pretty good one. I agree. Um, outside of that, I mean we've got some good matches coming up too. Connor and Sylvester is gonna be a really good match. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. And I'm another thing I'm waiting for is one of these one of the guys who are sitting on a few strokes, maybe like an eight, nine, eleven even on the higher end, I think. If they go out and make ten pars that's going to be a big mountain to climb for whoever they're playing against. Yeah. So I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for one of those matches to come across because it's going gonna, it's gonna to come. So I'm going to give my boy Gooch some love. I was just, I was he's just got, thinking. He's it. got Sam next. He does have Sam gonna next. There's going to be a lot of strokes. Yes. And Gooch, we talk about grinding. Gooch has been grinding. Every, every day the grint pops up on my every phone. Day. Every I was day. I just about to say Jordan it. Gooch has started around. Every every, I'll, I'll call him. He'll answer yeah. the phone, too. Yeah. He'll go, hey, hey man, what's up? Uh, nothing much, man. Uh, just got out to such and such. Going to go ahead and just play nine holes. Just yeah. take it on in. I'm like, I see you, Gooch. It's, it's a matter of time before he shoots an 80 or an 82 or whatever in match play. 
and it's going to be a problem. So I'm I'm excited for him to be. He's coming to our match on Saturday. I asked him to join because oh, nice. I know he loves Pine Creek. Yeah, and I'm hoping that our competition and games kind of elevate him a little bit and get him ready and kind of in that mode and maybe even have a day with, with us while he's out there and get some confidence going. You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm – but no, absolutely. he's a guy that's sitting on a lot. And that could shake some stuff up. That's one of those that if you're if you're Gooch, you're thinking about getting out of your pool, but you're also like, if I don't win anything but this one, I'm cool. I'm taking it. I'm taking I'm cool something with down with me exactly. You know? And so, definitely, I think it's it's definitely there to be had. And confidence is a big thing, especially. I personally really enjoy playing with other people who are really good players because a lot of times you'll end up playing up to their ability and there's something to be said about going out and maybe your playing partner is shooting like i don't know 95 100 they're topping the ball whatever and it's it almost makes it seem like oh like it's okay like i can do that like but that's not the goal we're we're out here for as hard as it is, we're out here to put a perfect swing on every single ball. Dude, you talk about that. So, and your favorite series being Film Room. I was watching one the other day, or actually, I think I was watching it this afternoon. And Neil is being told by Hubert, like, these are the shots, like, you're satisfied with, but for me, it's no good. Like, these are the ones you have to make. And, like, that's where you're talking about separating yourself. But one thing that I talked I, that I mentioned with Sercio and Silvestri when I got to play with both of them this week, one thing that I'm so drawn to the club is where else are you – like in my normal golf landscape, there's some pretty good players in there. But just like your normal guys that you hit up and they come out and how they're playing versus I'm, I'm out there with Sercio and Silvestri. I'm out there even with Stu the other day. And we come out, and you got guys just hitting some shots. And even though it doesn't mean anything, like, we're still competing. Like, yeah. Ricky and I, every time we play, we play match play. Yeah. It, that's how Connor and I got started. You know, like, so you have guys like that that are constantly willing to play. Is that, like, a huge draw for you, too? Definitely. And it definitely turns into a lot of times it's, like, whatever you can do, I can do better. Like, you're going to you, – you can hit – a 300-yard drive, I'm going to try and hit a 300-yard drive. And if it goes past you, it goes past you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But the same goes if someone throws a dart. I mean, that just makes you – I mean, that that makes the, the target that much smaller. Because if someone throws a dart and you were aiming at just the green before, okay, now I want to put it inside you. I want to, I want to put it to 10 feet if yeah. you put it to 12, you know? Careful how you say that. Yeah, I know. I kind of yeah. elaborated so we'd yeah. steer away from the windows. It's all good. But – yeah, so super excited for what's to come in stage two. Yeah, a lot coming in stage two. Stay tuned. Make sure you follow the uh, make sure you follow the um, the live scoring link. Sorry, I drew a blank there, but make sure you follow the live scoring link. Uh, competitors, make sure you're updating the live scoring link in a, in a timely fashion so we know what's going on. Um, but I think. That's it on on the the classic, and we got some we got some Q and A this week as well. Uh, two from Clay Doty. Uh, first one, I'm going to let you think about this one. I already have my answer, so I'll ask okay. this one. Uh, what is your dream piece of high cotton merch? 
Uh, so think about that one for a minute. Okay. I'm definitely going with a Smathers and Branson belt. 100%. That's a good one. Yeah. So, I mean, the our logo, all of our logos that Co- that Connor has uh, come up with and, and had some help with, whatever, on a belt, yeah, 100%. So that's mine. You know, thinking about it, and we were just talking about this, how I'm a sucker for a good vest, and I know we're heading into the summer, and there's no need for a vest. But there's something about just a, like, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but just a nice vest with that kind of logo. Like, think John Dutton in Yellowstone, where he wears, when he wears that black vest, and you're just like, damn, I want one of those. Yeah. A vest like that, I think yeah. I think that's it for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm a sucker for a good vest, too. So we've got a vest, and we got the Smathers... Uh, belt clay put in discord later what your answer would have been um and then we've got favorite course you've ever played and most memorable round ever oh my gosh i don't even know if i can do that off the top of my head yeah i don't know i think i think favorite course for me it's probably going to be in my hometown in california temecula in between la and san diego there's a casino resort whatever and they have a beautiful golf course that no one's ever really on and they just have it for like all the high rollers for the casinos yeah i go play some golf whatever but it is a beast of a course it's like 7200 yards plays at like a 75 rating and it's got the craziest elevation changes i've ever gotten to play on like one of the one of the par fours the tee boxes 350 feet above the fairway and you're trying your damnedest to smoke driver at the green but i think that's probably one of my favorite courses i've played i haven't gotten around to too many of like the bucket list like tpc sawgrass or you know tory pines i i wish i would have played tory pines when i lived in california and now i'm out here and i haven't played it yet but yeah i think that sticks out for me as one of them and uh, what about your most memorable round? That's a tough one that, on spot. That is like, a tough one. I think trying to replay all these rounds you've played. Yeah, I'm trying to think back on it. I think it's going to be my personal best round, which is kind of a cop out, but I feel like that's an easy one to do. Um, ended up shooting 69. It was a par 70, so it was one under par, but still 69. 69's a 69. But, <laughs> but. On the shores of North Carolina, there was just this little semi-private country club, and I snuck in just as a single and ended up playing, I wouldn't say lights out, but I played really well that day and shot my personal best. And it was just a shorter course and super tight, like four iron off the tee tight. And it was just kind of one of the more pure golf memories, I feel like, because you have the different types of types of them like you know your buddy makes a hole out or a hole in one and you're with them and different like that but just riding around as a single that day and just playing good golf it that sticks out to me yeah there's something to be said for when you have an opportunity to play golf and kind of its purest form and what you feel like uh is good for you uh for me Golf course, I've, I've had a chance to play a couple of cool places, some obvi- like some obvious answers, Kapalua. Uh, I love Sweetens. You saw the Sweetens watercolor thing that I had in my office there. But um, 
uh, I would actually have to probably take a little, um, I'll call it a hidden gem, and I, I've alluded to it a couple of times, but since we're watching the, the strapped South Carolina, um, we, my wife's family has vacationed to Edisto, South Carolina uh, a number of times, and I've gotten to play that golf course a few times now, but it's called the Plantation Course at Edisto. And it was such a cool track. I could play it. I could play it sun up to sundown every day if I had a chance to. Like it would be, it would be a phenomenal match play golf course to play. So cool story too. When we were there playing, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, big golf fanatic. I brought him to the Calcutta uh, in the classic reveal. Okay. Yeah. The Masters. Um, but he's he's a big he's a big golf fan. Um, I would love to get him involved in the classic. He feels like he's not ready, but um, we go out and we're pushing the bag and I talk him into, I'm like, he asked me, he kind of always asked me as a joke, like, what are we playing for? You know, like he'll just say, what are we playing? And I was like, well, you know, we can do whatever. And so this time he's like, all right, you give me a stroke a hole and we'll do this for whatever. And still had a chance to compete because I'm giving a stroke, like, it was such a fun place to play. I would love a chance to play there with a group of guys like getting out or, or getting after it. So I would have to say uh, the plantation course at Edisto Beach. Um, most memorable round, um, I would I would probably just say I, I'm not sure. There's a lot that comes that comes to mind. I, I would love to say maybe my uh, first club championship match when I was. First, I remember at the country club and made my first ever hole in one uh, during the match. So that was interesting, but um, I would probably still lean more towards. I was nowhere near the golf fanatic that I am now when I was in high school. I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I played the sport my entire life, but I was nowhere near where I am now. But I still like to compete a lot. Uh, and so there was one particular year, uh, my high school golf team. A couple of the guys had gotten in a little bit of trouble, so they couldn't play in the, the district or the regional, whatever. And so I, I got bumped up. I'd normally played as like the four or something. I got to play as the two, so I was like feeling, I was vibing. I was like feeling myself. And I carried it over into the round uh, and ended up being the low round guy of that day. So I felt pretty good. I shot 71. Uh, it, was, nice. it was really cool. So it was just in our district, but just that for me, like, just because I was so young and I didn't see golf the way I do now, but still going out when the pressure was on and like I just got moved up to this spot, so uh, you know that sticks out to me a lot. But there are a lot of obvious answers. I mean, yeah, there's well. there's just tons. I would I say mean, my first time around Sweetens, I I had a blast there and shot a surprisingly good number there. Um, I don't know. You know, uh, I think I think some of the some of the best times on a golf course kind of happen towards the I mean they have to come at like the twilight hour in my opinion. Like twilight golf there's just something special about it especially when I mean in the views the are views on point. the sunset the lighting everything. And then when the course starts to kind of die down and maybe like you don't have that many people out there and it feels like you have the whole course to yourself and you know sometimes that's when you get like six sums or eight sums or whatever and people are just you're trying to finish the hole with maybe the group you're with or all the bunch of guys you've met and everyone's just racing the daylight that's there's some awesome moments there 
Yeah, man, I'm going to have to agree. And since you're kind of going to a nostalgic kind of frame of mind, uh, let's get to our life advice. You know, this is, uh, you know, an element of the pod. Actually, the last one you were on, Connor, skipped our life advice section. So um, if you're on spot, you're not prepared, I can go first. Um, So usually I get called out for taking it a little bit deeper. But, um, you know, I'm all about bringing value to somebody's life. So uh, anyways, mine this week is going to be one that my dad taught me as like a young athlete and just how I treated sports in general. And he would tell me that there are a lot of things that I will not be able to control during the game. There's going to be a lot of things out of my control, a lot of decisions that I don't make, a lot of things that I – but the only two things I can control are my attitude and my effort. And I carried that with me in sports. I'm trying to carry that over into my professional life and, you know, my my family life and all these things. But uh, I, I would say that's going to be my life advice today is there's a lot of things you can't control, but you can control your attitude and your effort. Um, you can control how you respond to situations even when it's not fair to you, um, and you can control what you're going to put into it. If you're in a dark place with your golf game, you can control your attitude and your effort. Listen, I was right there recently. Uh, it was all my perspective. Um, so it, it's, it's in anything, uh, but it was just a cool lesson taught to me early, what I thought was about sports, it obviously was not about sports, and it translated over, and I'm, I was very grateful for that from my dad. Yeah, I mean, we all love those lessons that we learn when we're maybe a little bit younger, and we look back at them with more perspective now that we didn't have then, and you go, oh, that was about a lot more than what <laughs> the moment they told me that yeah. was about. But, um, I mean, I guess something that I constantly remind myself and constantly think about is the value of time. And whether that's just how you spend it, what you do in your free time. But I like to think about it in the aspect of who you spend your time with. And that's the most important investment that you can make. So like we're all concerned with making money and working and doing different odd jobs, whatever. And we're getting compensated for that time. But the time itself is is the value. The time itself is the one thing that you can never get back. And so when you put time into something, just make sure it's what actually matters, what who you need to be putting your time into, what you actually need to be putting your time into, because that's the one thing that just you, you no matter how hard you fight, you can you can go find a way to make, make more money. You cannot get more time back. That's a good one. And, you know, you can you can invest your time into a lot of things. You can make some large time investments, um, but it's what that's going to look like in return. And, um, you know, that's that's one of the biggest things that you're not going to get back. And it really when you put a value on that and you see it as a value and that it's valuable, you view things a little bit differently. So I think it's a really great one, man. I appreciate that. Uh, we miss our co-host Connor Hendrickson tonight. I know that um, he hates that he's not with us. Um, but make sure when you guys talk to him, you tell him thank you for his hard work with the club. Uh, he's got a lot going on, uh, but he, he puts himself out there and he sees this as an opportunity to, uh, to cater to the guys in the club and the classics. So as always, give him a thank you when you can. Uh, I'm Tanner Sandell, uh, co-host of Dialed In, 
podcast by the High Cotton Club. Austin Gervais joined me today. Austin, thanks so much for uh, being with me tonight. How would you think the show went? I thought it was awesome. It's always a, it's always a blast. Well, we're happy to have you, and we'll have you on any time. But other than that, guys, listen up when you can. Make sure you get involved. Uh, I'm Tanner Sandell. This is Austin Gervais. And we'll see you guys next time. We're keeping you dialed. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Dialed In, a podcast by the High Cotton Club. We wanted to take a moment to shout out our friends at The Rudder. Shout out Patrick Patton. They're now open six days a week, Tuesday through Sunday for lunch. And don't forget to stop in for happy hour, Tuesday through Friday, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. I'm looking at a picture right now of a damn good salmon and a glass of wine. Be sure to enjoy the ocean breeze and go visit our friends over at The Rudder.